Bernadette Joy, and I am super pumped to be back because in this season, we are going to talk about FIRE, financial independence, relax every day. And I'm going to share with you my personal tips on how AJ and I reached early retirement in our 30s. And I'm going to bring in some special guests who are going to drop some serious knowledge on how you can speed up your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to season four of my podcast, Crush Your Money Goals. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see you again. So thank you so much for coming, Gigi. I hope you're like ready for an amazing talk. I'm so excited and I've been looking forward to this for weeks. So I'm so glad it's finally happening. Thanks for having me on. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I will confess I'm a little bit of a fangirl, not a little bit. I'm a lot of bit of a fangirl because I just love your energy. I'm so glad we got to meet for the first time in real life in FinCon. I was actually stalking you before that. And <laughs> so the fact that we're getting to talk now um, is so wonderful. So for the audience who doesn't know who you are, can you share a little bit more about you and what your platform is? Yeah, of course. So my name's Giovanna, but a lot of people know me as Gigi or the first gen mentor. And I'm a TikTok creator and financial educator. I make money and career content for first gen and other women of color. And I, uh, my mission is to really spread this knowledge out of a lack from my own life. You know, I didn't have a mentor growing up. So I'm just really trying to be that person for the next generation. I absolutely love that. And one of the things that I just genuinely adore about your platform is that you really look like you're having fun talking about money and career, which normally doesn't feel like a fun topic. And I want to congratulate you. I think you won an award recently, right? For being a TikTok creator. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. Oh my God. It's probably my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. So I won a $50,000 grant issued by TikTok and some other sponsors uh, to help me write a personal finance book. So I'm, I'm super excited and proud of that. Oh my God. I just got chills. Just <laughs> the fact you. that you got $50,000 to do this, something that you really enjoy and to serve people in the community with all of your uh, drops of knowledge here. And I know you'll probably tell us more later, but just so listeners can look out for it, when do we expect that book to come out? Thank you. Yeah. So that will be out September of 2023. Oh my gosh. It'll be here <laughs> before we know it. So a uh, year from now, y'all, I'll be buying her book and I will put out a reminder to everyone to buy the book too. And so we do a quick rapid fire kind of conversation here on the Ooh. podcast. And I typically walk all of my uh, folks here through the five steps of crush and however it is that you interpret it for you and your audience is what we'd love to hear uh, your take on. So to walk through the five steps of crush, it spells out for those of you who don't remember the word crush, C-R-U-S-H. And the first step is to clear the mental clutter. And I would love Gigi, your opinion and your thoughts on how you have cleared the mental clutter around money for yourself and then also how you help your audience clear the mental clutter around money. Yeah, I think the clutter for me was at first feeling that financial freedom or financial independence wasn't attainable. I just thought, you know, I have such a different starting line than more privileged people who had their parents pay for college or financially support them in other ways post-college. Uh, so I said, it's just going to be much harder for me. So why even try? So that was a hurdle I had to overcome in my late 20s mm -hmm. to think. Yeah, I have some catching up to do. So my road's going to be a little tougher and it's going to take me a little longer, but that's an even bigger reason why I have to take action now and really get all my ducks in a row and be proactive with my financial education and these money moves to set myself up. 
And then how do I try to do this with my audience was the second part of the question. Yes. How do you yeah. help your audience clear the mental clutter? Yeah. So for my audience, I think a lot of their mental clutter is around feeling that uh, the language around financial education is very inaccessible. You know, there's so much jargon in mm. the financial industry. I know that as a former financial professional. So um, I really have like a role, an internal role where I do not use any jargon. So I have to kind of like translate it in my mind before I put it out. And it, that does take work and skill to really break these difficult financial concepts down into more layman terms that are accessible for everybody to learn. Oh my gosh, not to put you in the spot here, but could you give an example, since you are a former uh, financial professional as well, of a jargon word that is often used in the finance world that you can help translate for us for like average people? Sure. So uh, I think about credit utilization. When oh, you okay. That's a really good one. Okay. Credit utilization. <laughs> lot, it sounds super fancy. Tell us what does that mean in normal people terms? Exactly. Yeah. You hear that word and, and you know, anybody else that tries to teach it, they'll stick to that word because that's the official term when you describe the five factors that affect your credit score. So when somebody hears that and they automatically aren't familiar with the language, they think, Ooh, that's not for me. They're intimidated. They feel overwhelmed and they tune it out. So I try to avoid that by instead of of saying, oh, you know, X amount of factor affects your credit score. I, I'd say instead of using the word credit utilization, I'll say your credit score is determined by how much of the credit you use. And then I'll give a concrete example. So for example, if you have a credit line of $1,000, you don't want to charge more than 30% of that. So 30% of a thousand is 300. So don't charge more than those $300. Cause otherwise it's going to negatively affect your credit score. And we don't want to negatively affect our credit score. Right. So again, you just really, really break it down for people to make it easy to understand. I love it. First of all, you know, I love that you try to break down jargon because so much of what first gen folks, especially women, I would say, um, you talk a lot to women of all, all, all backgrounds, but particularly for women of color, like we feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know what they're talking about. So something must be wrong with me. But actually it's because a lot of these things are overly complicated and you break it down so easily. I would love to hear from you a little bit more on the R in CRUSH, which stands for reverse into one goal. And in particular, right now, what is one goal that you think anyone in your audience when it comes to money should be working towards achieving? I'd say the number one thing I'd want my audience to focus on would be on getting intentional with their spending. I know when I was younger, I was just so excited to finally be making a big girl paycheck. So anything that would come in, it would come right out <laughs> as soon as I got it, you know, but um, late in my twenties, I started realizing that that's not how I was going to advance towards my financial goals, whether that's, you know, saving for a nice vacation or saving for my first down payment or for a new car, whatever those financial goals were. Uh, so I think that the sooner that our community realizes that, that money is a tool and we can use it to enrich our lives and not to just be consumers and be buying the newest gadget, it, it'll really make our life easier. In CRUSH, uh, the the letter U stands for use your assets wisely. Mm. And uh, when I think of assets, I tell my clients to think about their cash, their investments, their properties. So it could be anything related to assets as part of their net worth. And so do you have a tip that would be easy for someone who is thinking about trying to use those assets 
more wisely. Immediately thinking about my audience, the first gen community, I want them to have boundaries around their money. You know, Mm. Uh, that's something I know that you talk about and I Mm -hmm. love it. Uh, So many people are scared to talk about that topic because it's so taboo, but it's so necessary because it's very much a part of a collectivist culture that uh, my Mexican family is a part of. And I believe the Filipino culture is also pretty collectivist. Oh yeah. We're we're (laughs) super Catholic. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So those values for anybody that isn't familiar are very much about like putting the group's interest before your own, like doing whatever it takes for family, no matter what. And, you know, we want to be good daughters, good sons, good nieces, whatever it is, but there also needs to be some level of importance for our own finances. We can't support our family or people who rely on financial support, like friends, uh, at the derailment of our own finances, you know, so you do have to establish those financial boundaries. And that means sometimes telling family, hey, I can't foot this for you right now, but I can help you with this much, or I'm not able to loan you money this month, but can I support you in another way, you know, and those are difficult conversations to navigate. So I just think it's so important for people like you and I, and other financial educators to normalize these conversations. I love that so much. I have to ask you a bit of a personal question because I'm curious what your thought is. So obviously I saw the news of you winning $50,000, right? Mm -hmm. On TikTok, you know, on TikTok. And I was so happy for you. What was their reaction from your friends and family? Were they like, oh my gosh, like you're rolling in the dough now. Like what was their thought about you winning this money? Yeah. So if you would have asked me that five years ago, uh, I would have had a lot of anxiety around, oh my God, my family is going to see that I have this money now because now they're going to be hitting me up for money because I, I have the money, you know, but the money isn't for me. It's very much going to the production costs of the book, which I've learned are very expensive and are going to oh completely. Gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. Books. Yeah. Yo, who knew that books were so expensive? I thought it was just paper and ink. No, there's a lot involved <laughs> in book writing for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so a couple of years ago when I didn't have those boundaries around money with my family, it would have been much tougher, but now my family kind of knows that, you know, I, I get to decide, you know, when I'm able to give money and when I'm willing to give money. So actually out of those $50,000, I did give a thousand to my grandma just because, um, I'm very thankful for, for, yeah, she, she raised me and she encouraged my mom to immigrate to America, which ultimately changed the trajectory of, of, you know, my life. So, um, I did want to share that with her and I gifted her a part of that prize. But uh, but yeah, it's something that it's not as tough to me to navigate now that I've been through it and I've had to set those financial boundaries. For those of y'all who obviously can't see me, <laughs> I put my hand to my heart because she gave a thousand dollars to her grandma. I mean, that is <laughs> generational wealth. It does not just down, right? The generations it's going in all right. directions across the generation. So I love that you are practicing what you preach. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Steadily. And Steadily is the best rated landlord insurance in America. And if you didn't already know, landlord insurance, also known as rental insurance, is a policy for people who rent their homes to others. And landlord insurance is not required for a landlord, but insurance can bring many benefits like legal liabilities, fire and water damage, financial protection against natural disasters, and protection for your furnishings. And so if you are looking for great service and a simple quote process, check out our sponsor, Steadily, at steadily.com.
it sounds like you are building good boundaries around your spending and around your assets and with your family and friends. For yourself, the S in crush stands for spend shamelessly. It's arguably my favorite part of crush because (laughs) I came from the camp initially that was just like, oh, spending money on cute clothes or whatever is bad. And I think there's a time and place for everything. So I would love to hear, is there anything that you like to spend money on that someone else would say, oh, that's a waste of money, but you're like, no, it's not. And here's why. Yeah, this is definitely my favorite question so far as well. And I actually have a series on this on TikTok. I think it's a three-part series. It's called Three Things I'm Cheap With and Three Things I'm Bougie With. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> people love it because they're like, oh, well, why would you spend money on this? Or yeah, me too. Like I have spent shamelessly on this. So it's such a great topic. Um, For me, I love to spend uh, money on uh, concerts. So recently, well, not recently, it was about two years ago. I went to go see Ariana Grande. Uh, I got front, yeah, front row seats. Front uh, row seats, Ariana Grande. (laughs) Okay. Wait, before you continue this, is her, (laughs) does her hair actually look like it does in all the videos and stuff in real life? Yeah, I, I think now because we're recording this in 2022. Now it's much shorter. I think it's shoulder length. But back then she definitely had it all the way down to her back. And I think they're extensions. It, it can't be all her real hair. <laughs> but but yeah, that was a $1,000 ticket, you know, and I'm wow. like, you know what, this is going to be just memories of a lifetime. And I love her music. I sing every word to her album. So I'm shamelessly spending the money on it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that example so much. I'm a huge uh, (laughs) concert fan as well. And you can't really replace that experience, right? Uh, Did your, uh, what did your family and friends think about you going to this concert? Who did you go with? You know, it's funny. I had already seen her. So I had seen her like three months before in Las Vegas. So they're like, you're seeing her again. And this time you're paying more money. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I love the music. It makes me happy. It put, it helps me go through tough times and it's, it's my money and, and I, and everything else is taken care of, you know? So I know where the rest of the money's going. I love that. Right. <laughs> so a lot of people will think, oh, well, I can't afford to do that because I have all these things to pay for. That's something you would be bougie about. And so on the opposite side of the spectrum, what's something that you're cheap about about so that you can be bougie on Ariana Grande tickets? Yeah. So I had a 10 year old Toyota Corolla that um, I recently sold only because I left Phoenix to move to Chicago. So here I just move around in the public transportation. But, um, you know, that's a car that I could have replaced and gotten a newer, nicer car. And my family always like to clown on me for it. They're like, how is it possible you're still driving this old car, even though it's completely fine. It wasn't a beat or anything. Um, and I was well taken care of. But they're just like, you know, you need to be proud of what you drive. And I'm like, not in my book. I'm proud of, you know, my experiences, like seeing Ariana Grande front row. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think that's going to be the quote <laughs> from, from this episode, <laughs> right? I'm. I don't, I don't have to be proud of the car that I'm driving. I'm proud of my experiences. Yeah. I, oh, that just made me just get chills because I so can resonate with that. I uh, hate to say that I am a uh, stereotypical bad Asian driver. Like I wish that wasn't true, <laughs> but I am. And so there's this huge scratch on the side of my car right now because I don't know. I just, because I, I just can't drive. And I luckily safe and everything, but it's not pretty. And someone was asking me, why don't you get that fixed? And I'm just like, because I'd rather spend that $6,000 because I got it quoted on BTS tickets. So I love that you are sharing that with family and friends. I love that you talk about all of these different ways that you uh, spend shamelessly. But I also know from having seen you Uh, at FinCon, seeing you on social media, that you are such a great 
uh, example of what a smart hustler looks like. And you have made a career out of content creation. And I would love to hear uh, a tip or two for those of the people who are listening who might be thinking about becoming a full-time content creator. What is one way that they can hustle smarter and not harder, uh, just like you are doing right now? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, honestly, I would say that I'm still hustling harder just because I am wearing a lot of hats as a solopreneur and as a full-time content creator. But, um, you know, I've also worked hard at, in my corporate job and that, you know, that they both can burn you out because you're still a human and you still need rest. But uh, this feels so much more fulfilling because it's something that's making an impact in the community. It's something that's fully within my control, right? I don't have to deal with the stupid corporate politics or none of that crap. So um, I'm more willing and able to hustle harder. Uh, so my advice would be anybody who is looking to step into content creation, make sure that you pick a niche that you're passionate about. Because I know so many content creators that, you know, they just became viral over something that they're not passionate about and now they feel like they have to keep making content about this thing and they run out of ideas and they ask me they say what do you do when you run out of content I'm like I never run out of content if anything I don't have enough time to talk about everything I want to talk about because I'm so passionate and knowledgeable about what I do but um, that's what happens when you're kind of not intentional about what kind of content you want to create I love that advice so much because you're right. I get hit up with, with a lot of people who are saying, well, I don't have enough ideas or I don't have any ideas. I'm like, then that's not what you should that's be not it. on. Right. <laughs> then you're going to be hustling harder because you're just going to be spinning your wheels trying to think of new things. Whereas if you find a particular topic that you really love, like you said, there's no shortage of ideas because you're thinking about it all the time and you actually enjoy it. So I really I really enjoy your content in particular because I think you have a really great mix of educational advice and also you know kind of like the fun little dances like we did at FinCon and I find it really relatable for myself as a first gen and I would love to ask you this one um one other question because I I think we're kind of in the same boat but I'm curious your thought on it is I as a first gen grew up with the idea that you know and we both came from financial services. So my family was all accountants and I came up, I always had the idea that, you know, the only way to become wealthy is to get that stable financial services job and save your money and put it into 401k and just like grind the nine to five. What um, advice do you have for other first gens who might be um, kind of struggling with the balance between wanting to pursue your own way of building well versus what our parents told us to do? What, what advice do you have for those people to get over that mental hump? Yeah, I think first we have to acknowledge that, you know, for our parents, I know for my parents, like, you know, it was a dream to live in a temperature control, to work in a temperature controlled office environment, because, you know, my dad, he still does backbreaking work you know he uh rents party supplies on the weekend so like mm. dino houses bouncy houses and tables and chairs you know and his body's breaking down on him he has a bad shoulder and a bad knee um my mom works in retail she works at dick's sporting goods so she's on her feet all day she'd love to be able to just sit at a comfy you know desk so when i see people on tiktok rag on oh i'm so bored with my desk job for my parents, like that was the, the privilege that they wish they would have gotten. So, you know, they came to this country for their children to have that. Right. So when I first told my dad, I was going to quit 
my desk job to do what I'm doing now. Uh, he's like, are you crazy? Like you busted your ass off to go to school and now you're going to throw that all away. So I had to explain to him like, dad, I understand that for you, this is like the ultimate dream. And I've reached that, right? But I want more. I want to explore more. But guess what, dad? Like I'm doing it in a responsible way. I have savings. I still have my career. So if this doesn't work out, I left an excellent standing at my job. I can go back. I'll go back to what I was doing before. That's the worst case scenario. Um, so just kind of like having compassion in those discussions, but knowing that you are going to get the pushback because their experience was just so different than ours. I love that so much. And I love that you said that I'm you know, pursuing this responsibly. This is not a haphazard decision that I made <laughs> overnight. And I love that you mentioned this, that you you didn't burn any bridges. You, you said, you know what, like worst case scenario is I'll go back to what I was doing before. And that worst case scenario was someone else's dream, right? Yeah, so like, exactly. I love that so much. So uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you? And do you have anything that you want to promote to our audience? on how they can help support you. Yeah, thank you so much. So you can find me on TikTok. My handle is at the first gen mentor. I'm on Instagram. My handle is a little bit different. It's GG, the first gen mentor. And if you go to my website, uh, the first gen mentor.com, you can download my free guide, my five favorite money books for beginners. And I also have a discount code for my investing course for your audience. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, uh, it's investing for first gen wealth builders. The code is first gen 10 to get 10% off. And then lastly, so many plugs, right? <laughs> lastly, I love it. Plug away, plug away. <laughs> lastly, if you'd like to, uh, you know, keep in, uh, follow my authorhood journey and, and see when my book is going to publish, uh, make sure to add yourself to my newsletter to stay in the know. I love that. So we're going to drop all of those links in the show notes for this. And I so appreciate you coming to the Crush Your Money Goals podcast. I'm so appreciative to have you as someone that I can personally look up to as well. And for those of you listening, please, please do follow Gigi on all of the platforms. But I will say particularly TikTok is, is, is a fun one to watch her on. And if you want more information on how to crush your money goals, you can find me at Bernadette Joy on Instagram and at crushyourmoneygoals.com. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you learned. And for daily money tips, follow me on Instagram at Bernadette Joy. But if you're ready to plan your escape to financial independence with me as your personal finance millionaire coach, head to my website at crushyourmoneygoals.com. See you next time.